0: God's help this evening, we would like to look at the cities of refuge. We've just again sung about a refuge. And I am fairly sure that there have been times in your life when you have used to some extent and in some way the words that we've just sang. Verse 4, I have no refuge. No one cares for me in my adversity. I have no refuge. And then, in verse 7, you've shown your love to me. That makes all the difference. Names of cities are important. Inver, Ness. The mouth of the River Ness. And the word Chester it refers to a place where the Romans set up a fort. So you have Sirenchester, Colchester, Manchester, Eyemouth and Plymouth, the mouth of some piece of water. Oxford The place of water that oxen used to walk through and walk across. Cities' names have meaning, and even more so in the word of God. So we have six cities mentioned for us here, and we're going to look at the names of these cities So I want you to come with me on a journey to each of these six cities. And then, hopefully briefly thereafter, to look at seven ways in which these cities are like Christ's provision for us in the gospel. Perhaps you've read the book, Miracle on the River Kwai. Well, there was these, this is a true story, there were these American prisoners in the Far East having the duty of building a a railroad uh, during the war. And each of them was given their shovel in the morning and the officers counted the shovels, a hundred shovels, away you go and start digging. Start digging the railroad. At night, they counted the shovels to make sure they got them all back. But one was mil- missing. Have the prisoners sold one of the shovels to get food? Have they hidden one of the shovels so that they might try and escape? Who was guilty? No one stood up. The officers made it clear that if the person guilty does not stand up, And acknowledge his guilt. We'll get the firing squad. They waited. Sent for the firing squad. With their guns. Loaded their guns. Ready to fire. And just then. An Australian. Stood forward. Took the shot. Was killed. A little later that evening they recounted the shovels. There was no shovel missing. He had given his life to rescue his fellow prisoners. He has given his life so that they would have a place and that's what the cities of refuge tell us about. So. Let's look at their names. The first one is Kadesh. Now, as you know, I am no scholar at all, far less a Hebrew one. But we're told that Kadesh means holy, free from, and opposite to sin. He is holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, if you had passed by Calvary that great day, you would, like me, have said, Poor man, what a state he's in. (coughs) What evil he must have done. I heard him cry all day. All day, my God, to thee I cry, yet am not heard by thee. Why, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you tell me he is holy. You tell me he's holy, harmless, undefiled, without spot or blemish. You tell me that he is the holy child Jesus. No, he was made sin. He became, as we considered this morning, a curse. He became poor. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. What is ours became his. And what is his became ours. As Luther called that, the great exchange. That's the first city, Kadesh, holy. The second one is called Shechem. And Shechem, we are advised, means strength and power. Again, join me on the walk past Calvary. And you would have to say, wouldn't you? There's not much power there. Not much is he going to do. He is defeated, rejected, despised. Is that true? What was happening there was under his government. The government is on his shoulder. The power, the Shechem power. Of our Savior. He triumphing over evil, over sin, over death, over the devil, over my adversaries and yours. He cried, Victory! It is finished. And he rose again. And, brother and sister, do you not need a shoulder to cry on? Here is the best shoulder to cry on. Here is the shoulder to cry on. So broad, so strong, Shechem shoulder. Which of you have not cried on that shoulder? To whom can we go? Where else can I go with my burden? I cannot I cannot tell a single soul. I cannot speak the innermost thoughts of my heart to my minister or my wife or my child. But he understands. What a shoulder. What a shechem to go to who actually helps you to speak to him. You've perhaps heard the story about the man that was coming from Tharsau down the east coast and he was carrying his case. He had a heavy case, and the man with the horse and carriage was passing by, and he said to him, "Hey there, do you need a lift?" "Oh, that would be great." So he gets up into the carriage, and what does he do with his twenty-kilogram case? He puts it on his knees. And the carriage driver says, "I'm giving you a lift. Put your case down." Cast your burden on the Lord. Don't carry it yourself. Shechem. The third city is called Hebron. Which we are told means fellowship. You're passing along the road with me at Calvary. And you say, he's alone. All he's got for fellowship, for company is two despots. All his friends and his disciples have forsaken him. But he is the fellowship. 1 John 1 verse 3. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You might say, Yeah, we had uh, Chap William Mackenzie preaching yesterday. But I, 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 you must say something different. You must say my fellowship was with Jesus. There is no point whatsoever in coming here just to be with me. Our fellowship is not a cup of tea. I'm all for a cup of tea. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. What a friend we have in Jesus. For thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron. The next one is Bezer. We are told means fort strong place of protection and strong walls. Proverbs 18, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Psalm 18 verse 2, my fortress is the Lord. Isaiah 26 verse 1, salvation is for walls and bulwarks. The Bible is full of reference to the protection that's offered by the fort that is Jesus. And it was reminding me of a a story I told in part to a lady here this morning. And I thought it would be worth telling the whole story. It was about John Brown of Haddington, the first of the three John Browns of Haddington that there were. He was a very good visitor, particularly to people who were dying. And he went to see Mary. She was dying. She couldn't move. She was motionless on her bed. And he went in and he said, Mary, you're ready for glory. Aren't you? And isn't it wonderful to be thinking and expecting to be embraced by the loving arms of Jesus? No response. She didn't move. John Brown stood there for a minute and Then he said to her, Mary, what would you say if at the last you lost your grip of him and he lost his grip of you? And Mary sat up in the bed, eyes wide open, looked him in the face and said, that would never happen, minister, and fine, you know it. And he said to her, How can you say that, Mary? Oh well, she said, He has more to lose. I would lose my soul, but he would lose his honor. Where was our hope? Where was her confidence in Christ alone? Be, sir, fort, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Strength in your concern about the attack of sin, about the difficulties of painful circumstances in your body, in your mind, in your family, in your business, in your uncertain future. Trust ye in the Lord for Sundays. You know that throng, don't you? You know what the verse says. Trust ye in the Lord forever. Number five is Ramoth. Ramoth, we are told, means high and exalted. I don't see it. He was born in a stable. He's only a carpenter. He only had a handful of friends and followers. In fact, people use his name as a swear word. Christmas is business. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And you're saying that Ramoth is pointing to Jesus and that the Bible is saying he's high and exalted. Listen to Acts 5.31 Christ is exalted, a prince and a saviour at God's right hand to give repentance and remission of sins. Listen to Philippians 2 verse 9 God hath highly exalted him And given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. And that's the only reason I should have any confidence. In coming to speak to you this evening. Because of that promise. I know that either in mercy or in judgment. Everybody I ever meet. And everybody you will ever meet will do exactly that. Every knee shall bow. We are told, are we not, in that great little gospel chapter, Isaiah chapter 12, make mention that his name is exalted. And you will come then to say with Psalm 57, Be thou exalted very high. Ramoth high exalted. And then the last one, Golan. What does Golan mean? Golan means joy. Joy, you see? How's that? Didn't he go around weeping at the grave of his friend? Didn't he look over a city, Jerusalem, and cry over it? Perhaps you're looking for joy. The exam results haven't been what you hoped for. The medical result, the blood test, is not what you wanted. The profit and loss account is less than you wished for. Your targets are not achieved. You are disappointed in your circumstances. Friend, we are all looking for joy and we won't find it unless we come to him who is joy. Golan, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. Thy right hand are pleasures evermore. And these glorious words in Psalm 43 I wish I wish we thought about them more. My chiefest joy. You know these words off my heart. Are you saying that tonight? If you are, you're worshipping him. That's what we're here to be doing. Are you saying in your heart, friend? I can tell that you're awake but I can't tell what's going on in your heart and mind. But this is what you're here professing to do, and this is what you need to do, and this is what God will help you to do. My chiefest joy. Rejoice in the Lord all we remember the song. It was Coke that was going to bring us joy. Remember the song? I better not sing it, in case you tell Malcolm I'll be in trouble. Yeah? Yeah? I want to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. That was the song. That was the advert. And if you get a Coke, you'll, you'll sing in perfect harmony. Joy unspeakable! in thy salvation I will joy, that I and Zion's daughters' greats may all thy praise advance. Joy. It's a very helpful little word, joy. Do you know how to spell it? You can say, yes, I've had two spelling lessons already today. Well, here's another one. Joy. J-O-Y. Jesus first. Others next. And yourself last. Or another way of looking at it. Jesus and you What's in between? Nothing. Joy. And you've lost it. You're saying, I remember, I I was under the preaching of somebody or other and I read this book and I was reading the Bible and I was so full of joy and I've lost it. I don't know what's happened to me. I'm dry. There's a psalm that deals with that too. You'll know it. Restore me. Thy salvation's joy. Kadesh, holy. Shechem, shoulder. Hebron, fellowship. Bezer, fort. Ramoth, exalted. Golan, joy. And just a few ways then, in which the cities are like the provision of the Gospel. And you will find help for this by looking at the two other parts of the Bible where this is found. There's a bit in Deuteronomy and there's a bit in Numbers 35. The cities were the only place of refuge. Verse 3 in this chapter. Those who had taken life were to flee there when pursued by the avenger of blood. There was no safety in the road. No safety in the intention. No safety in knowing about the place of refuge no safety in being nearly there it was only being in Christ outside the city knowing about it ain't good enough if you met the murderer on the road What are you up to? I'm running from the avenger. But you're not safe until you're in Christ. There is safety in Christ. That's uh, one of John Stott's frequent expressions actually. He said often it was a favorite concept for him in the Bible in Christ in Christ now you can take it from me that that's not just John Stewart. that's the Bible if you're in Christ all's okay if you're not knowing about it or having intentions to go there ain't good enough The cities, secondly, were accessible. Numbers 35, 13 and 14. You'll see even from this chapter itself that they were in a prominent place on a hill, somewhere that was not hidden in a corner. There were six of them. They were spread out, three on each side of the Jordan. Anyone could get to any of these cities. Within a few hours, it says half a day, So it is in the gospel with you and me, my friend. Christ is at hand. And you ask me the question, how will I find him? The Bible tells you, seek and you will find. How near is he? The Bible tells us that too. He's near to all that call on him. How near is he to you? he's so near that if you call on him he's with you he is not far from any one of us we need a refuge place urgently the terms of the gospel are prove me now acquaint now come now You know what now means. It's 17 minutes to 7. You're amused perhaps at me quoting the time. But now is very important. The cities were God's appointment. Verse 2. God told him. And he also re- speaks about this in Gen. Deuteronomy 19, verse 3. Prepare the roads. Make sure the roads are clear. Clear the way. You might be saying, how do I get to Jesus? What road do I have to go on? You know what he says to that. He says, I... I'm the way. He doesn't say there is a road to get to me. He says, I am the way. Father says, this is my beloved son. The Bible tells us there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. I think the last time I was here, I remembered the story of Reverend Alexander Murray. It's worth repeating. Alexander Murray was 97 when he died. He was the man who founded the Highland Theological College in part. He was a minister in various places, particularly in Laird, latterly. And he had done a lot in his 97 years. I visited him on his deathbed in the hospital at Bonar Bridge. We were there for a couple of hours. And it was a wonderful time about this man. This man hearing him pray with one foot in the Jordan. You know what he said to me? He said, William, it doesn't matter what I've done or not done. It doesn't matter what I've achieved or not achieved. The only thing that matters is what he has done. Is that where you are? Cities were the only place. The cities were accessible. The cities were God's appointment. The cities were the priests' cities. They could remain there. Numbers 35:28 tells us, as long as the priest lives, isn't that lovely? If we are in Christ, we're safe as long as our high priest lives because he ever lives. He ever lives. I have given unto them eternal life. Because I live, he shall live also. I have lost in one sense eight I think it is of dear friends with whom I worked who were well known in ministry across the world (coughs) starting off with Eric Alexander then your own Donald MacLeod Tim Keller Harry Reader and a whole range of them but I haven't lost them. Yes, I miss them but I know where they are. Therefore time shall be no more because they have eternal youth. First it was red wine and no salt. Then it was a bit more exercise and more sun. Then it was more sun and prunes. Eternal youth is not in our diet, not in any bottle, not in any exercise program. Eternal youth is in Jesus. They were the priest's cities. Number five, there is an abundant provision. They had to have good store of food and drink and place to stay. The cities had to have loads of supplies. No breakdown in delivery. And isn't that like the gospel? My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Do you believe that? Alas, sometimes I don't, and I'm ashamed of it. My God shall supply, and I'm preaching to myself, all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I trust he is preaching to you. Carine had a little Sunday school and a little church we were involved in in Aberdeen and there was local children who came in, quite maybe 15 or youngsters came in and she was teaching them little bits from the Psalms and getting them to sing. They had never been exposed to Psalms before or, or to hymns. And she asked them, will we sing today? Which, which song would you like? And this 12-year-old girl said, Oh, I know what I would like. I would like the one about the hens going in and out. And I would like the one about the hungry bee. Do you know them? The lion's young may hungry bee. And they may lack their food, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good. And the other one about the hens, henceforth thy going out and in. Now, I'm glad you're smiling. It's a good thing to smile, but isn't it lovely to think of these two verses? The lion's young may hungry be, And they may lack their food. What a surprise that would be if young lions were hungry. But they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good. And then, think, think about the hens. Henceforth, thy going out and in. God keep forever will. (coughs) Then number six. The cities were for all. Not just for the children of Israel but they were for the visitor. The word used in Numbers 35 is anyone. Does that apply to the gospel? Amen, it does. Anyone! If any man thirst, while I'm there, let him come unto me and drink. Whosoever will let him come and take the water of life freely. All our excuses are dealt with. I'm hearing them, but I'm ignorant. I'm so bad I've refused before. I heard this morning's sermon and I did nothing about it. I know what you were saying. I've no background. But, 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 get rid of all your buts. Anyone addresses all of them. number seven numbers 35, 26 and 27 there was safety in the borders just being in and where's that? it's his mercy as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Have you touched him? Have you fled for refuge tonight? Yeah, I went before. But if I've never come properly before, I come now. I flee for refuge to the hope set before us. I touched him and he took me and embraced me. There's a verse that was very precious to my own mother. It was this, even those who on his mercy do by hope themselves be taken. Even those who on his mercy do by hope Themselves betake. Have you run to his mercy? Have you, as it were, shaken hands with Jesus who extends his hand to you and said, thank you for your mercy? It's Samuel Rutherford who put it this way. The Lord Jesus never sent any of his bairns away empty from the kitchen door he never sent any of his bairns away empty from the kitchen door and what he was alluding to was the mother baking scones and the children in the garden and they got the smell of the scones and they came, mum give me a scone the smell of the baking I need a scone Christ never sent any of his barons away empty from the kitchen door and if you're at the kitchen door with me you're not leaving here empty may the Lord bless his word to us Lord you've embraced us in more ways than we understand. You've provided for us in more ways than we understand. His mercy search exceeds. Thank you for these moments together considering something of your word. Grant that we would meditate upon it and that our resolve would be of him my meditation shall sweet thoughts to me afford. My heart within me shall rejoice in God the only Lord. Teach us to do what your word tells us. Delight yourself in God and he will give you the desire of your heart thank you for those who open the door here those who serve on the committees of the church those who lead the praise and all who here seek your glory bless them In their work and life and ministry. Pardon us for our sins. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And what else can we sing? Surely you know. Somebody.